0: Thanks for supporting companies that support this podcast. Hey guys, it's Judy from Nutrition with Judy. Thanks for joining me today. While you're here, please make sure to like and subscribe. If you're listening to this on podcast, please make sure to leave a review as this allows my content to get in front of more people. And thank you for that. My name is Judy Cho, and I'm board certified in holistic nutrition, and I have a private practice where we focus on root cause healing, and it often starts with the Carnivore Cures All Meat Elimination Diet. Today, I have the pleasure of sitting down with my longtime clients, Kelly Ann. Kelly's been working with me for on and off about two years, and we have always been trying to help her get to root cause healing. She's been carnivore for five years, maybe even longer than I've been carnivore, and she's literally tried everything. In this conversation, we talk about all the biohacks, all the diets, all the protocols, all the people she's worked with. No names are mentioned, but we talk about all the different people, different things, different meals, different foods that she's tried to try to get healing as she suffered from multiple sclerosis as well as Hashimoto's. She also struggled with a lot of histamines and MCAS, and she talks a lot about that and how ultimately she found root cause healing by finding the chronic inflammatory response syndrome illness and how so much of her life has improved since this diagnosis. It's not an easy diagnosis, but she'll share how for her it's been a game changer. Let's get right into the interview. Hey, Kelly, I'm super excited to have you join me. I'm really excited for people to hear your story, your journey on just healing, carnivore, SIRS, and everything in between. If you can introduce yourself to the people that are listening and watching, your stint with, I guess, keto and carnivore, and then also just how you've been diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, as well as Hashimoto's.
1: Sure. Um, My name's Kelly and I live in Reno, Nevada. Nice to meet you guys. Um, The main reason I wanted to come on today is number one, because Judy asked me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm normally kind of shy, but I was like, you know what? I should come on and tell my story for all of the really, really sick people that were like me that couldn't find the answers, no matter what they did. Keto, carnivore, um, all of the biohacks and nothing ended up working long-term in the end. Um, So I wanted to come on here and tell my story and how I got to the
0: diagnosis of SIRS. So tell me a little bit about, uh, when did you get diagnosed with MS and then Hashimoto's and then what made you find keto and how was that stint and then carnivore?
1: I was diagnosed, let's see, I'm 46 now. I was probably 35 years old when I was diagnosed with MS and they think I, I probably had it before that. MRIs were showing I had my brain was lighting up they just said oh it's probably a reflection and so they said oh you're good it's probably nothing but it ended up being like oh, okay I probably had MS that whole time <laughs> so that's how my MS diagnosis first came through and I've been on a health journey pretty much ever since trying to find out why does nothing work for me why can't I lose weight why is my body not like everybody else's like medications wouldn't work for me, no circulation in my hands and my feet, thyroid was always off, chronic fatigue, never felt good, and histamine reactions all the time, um, which kept getting worse and worse and worse, which is what brought me to keto. And then keto didn't work for me, which brought me to carnivore. And I'm just like elimination, elim- elimination, and feeling stuck and super sick and asking people for help, but nobody could come helped me get to the root cause uh, until I found Judy.
0: (laughs) And then what about Hashimoto? So did you get diagnosed prior to MS? And then what were the symptoms that made you even go down to check if you were having MS or the brain scans, at least?
1: I always had sort of a numb left hand, um, pain, weird things that would happen. But before I got diagnosed, I had no idea that I had that. I just knew I was sick and I didn't know why. And thyroid was actually before the MS, my thyroid has been screwed up for a really long time. And I went on T3s and I was on those for like 12 years or something because nothing else worked for me. Like the regular thyroid medicine didn't even touch my thyroid numbers. Um, So my body was just kind of backwards. No medicine would work. I needed, for instance, I, to go to sleep at night could take 16 Benadryl and I would just get tired. That my body was so messed up that I was, and I was so desperate to sleep. I I always thought it was, uh, I didn't have control over my body. Like, no matter what I did diet wise, it wouldn't do what I wanted it to do. And I always thought that is super weird. It doesn't make sense. Um, And
0: And then, what happened with keto? So you went lower carb. Did you feel any benefits? And then the transition to carnivore. I did feel some benefits with keto. My
1: whole life, I've never been able to do dairy. So I was always dairy free. Okay. But histamine reactions got way worse. I couldn't get into ketosis no matter what I did. I did feel a little bit better just because I think I was eating cleaner and I would lose weight for sure. And then it would just come right back, but I didn't do anything different. I was still keto. So it didn't make sense to me. It was like up and down and up and down. And I had no control no matter what I did, no matter how many calories I ate or how much I fasted or did biohacks. Um, it would get better for a while and then get way worse.
0: And there was just so many questions. I didn't know what was happening. And then what made you transition to carnivore? And then what helped you to stay carnivore?
1: I transitioned to carnivore out of desperation. I was like, okay. <laughs> I thought about it for a while and I was keto because I was like, this sounds insane. I don't know what I can do And This is going to be really hard. But I'm like, you know what? I'm desperate. Let's okay. do it. Let's eliminate everything. So maybe I can get some answers, right? So that's why I went carnivore. Finally, and I was getting sicker and sicker, and histamine reactions terrible. Mm-hmm. I would just get like bright red face, hives, not feel well, and so I kept having to eat less and less things. For example, I could only eat grass-fed, grass-finished beef. I one, one at a time. I couldn't do chicken. I couldn't do pork. I couldn't do any of the good things. So I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sick. What is happening? I even worked with a bunch of carnivores that were really smart, trying to get answers. And I would get answers for a short period of time. And then it would come back again. That's been my history and nothing ever got rid of my histamine reactions
0: until now. And then what were your symptoms? So I know you talked about some of the numbness in your hand, the inability to lose weight, and then the poor sleep, and then also obviously the histamines. And that was a big thing for you. Was there anything else that when you say you just felt sicker and sicker, was there something else? that you were going through. And I guess you mentioned also chronic fatigue, but yeah, the chronic fatigue was
1: a huge one. I mean, I couldn't even walk my dogs around the block in the end. And I think when I first met you, that's the point I was at. I was just like, the brain fog is so real. <laughs> Judy knows. <laughs> and yeah, I didn't have the energy to do anything. And I felt like I'm just getting sicker. Um, there's
0: nothing else I can take out of my diet. I know from working with you, how long were you carnivore when I first met you? Well, I think I've been working with you
1: now for about two years. Is yeah. that, that's sound right?
0: Yeah, I think so. I so I was
1: three years carnivore
0: when okay. I met you. Okay. It's been,
1: I think it's been five now,
0: that okay. I've
1: been carnivore and carnivore-ish.
0: Right. And I remember you mentioning that when I first worked with you for three years, you tried doing like the carnivore harder. You've tried the different macros. You've literally worked with like every single maybe coach or like even the group programs, Um, you've tried a lot of these things, you've done the low histamine diet, you've done strict carnivore where there's absolutely no sweeteners and none of it really fully worked. Like what were the emotions going through all of that? And you see that a lot nowadays where it's like, you have to reduce the coffee and it's the coffee that's the issue, or it's that you're eating high fat or that you're eating low fat or you're eating too much protein. The emotions where you start to feel crazy.
1: You start to feel like I am some alien that nothing is working for, and it's not normal. You're just like, what's wrong with me? And you do try everything, and it's not like I didn't do all of the things that they told me to do. I'm doing it very well, and nothing is working. You feel insane. Um, you work with all these really smart people, and they're they were very kind and really wanted to get to the root cause. But just like me, they in the end that wasn't the answer.
0: Right. And you also told me that you're not also this type of person that just you try something for one week, but you also go all in and you try your best. So can you tell me like an example of maybe one lever you used, how you stuck to it for a while until you realized it just wasn't working? Hey guys, just to let you know, my Carnivore Cure book is back in stock. For nine months, it was out of print and used prices were up to $300. Make sure to get your copy today that has over 200 colored tables and graphics and over 400 pages of meaty goodness. We have a limited supply, so get your copy today on Amazon.com. And if you can leave a review, I'd be super grateful.
1: Oh, well, the most extreme that I got was um, grass-fed, grass-finished beef only and water and salt that's how extreme i got which i did for quite a long time because it ended up
0: that that's all i could eat let's talk a little bit about some of the specific levers and if you can get um into it i know that for example right now there's a really big push and popularity for high fat carnivore and people are tracking their ketones and you did that though you did that two years ago um And it didn't work so well for you. Can you share a little bit about your experience? Um, You don't have to mention names of who you've worked with, but if you could just kind of share um, what happened with you and ultimately what you decided to do.
1: So being so sick, I decided, well, maybe I should do this really high fat, low protein or lower protein for sure, Mm -hmm. um, way of eating to make myself feel better. And um, track your ketones, your glucose, um, trying to get your numbers really low, your ketones high, glucose numbers low. It actually really messed me up, but I didn't realize it at the time. I just thought, well, it's probably part of the protocol. I'm um, like, I was waking up at, waking up at night um, with like an adrenaline rush because my glucose would get so low. It did make my ketones go high for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, did help my skin clear up for sure. But um, I just felt really sick. I couldn't sleep, getting up to pee at night, just all the things. That make you sicker, like getting up, not getting good sleeps at night. That is not not, you're not going to heal if you do that.
0: And I remember we had a session, and you told me this is not working. And one of the things that they also, the person you worked with, also recommended was going on higher thyroid medications. And I think that also didn't work for you as well.
1: Yeah, the thyroid medicines were great. Um, I think maybe I was going up too fast, Mm -hmm. and then that combined with the no sleep and the feeling sicker and the not enough protein, my body just did not like it at all. Right. So for me, it didn't work. Yeah.
0: And I think the biggest complaint you had back then was that you just couldn't sleep and you were actually gaining weight. I think from what I remember, you had gained some weight on that. And so eventually we just decided to stop it because after several weeks, you just really were not sleeping. And it just got to a point where we needed to have you try something different. And then I think as soon as you started upping your protein, your sleep improved.
1: For sure. And then we started getting into like the gut protocol stuff For what was that before? I don't know. It's all confusing now. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I know it's a and, regular person.
0: <laughs> and so, I mean, I'll, I'll quickly talk about the gut cause that part was working with me, but you know, we did a little bit of gut stuff. It helps some, but it wasn't enough to move the full needle. So I'll, you know, I'll fully own that as well. And that's totally fine. Um, right. And we didn't know about Sears at the time. Right. Right. <laughs> we didn't
1: know for Judy. I know if you guys, if you haven't worked with Judy, she like loses sleep over your case. <laughs> if she can't figure out what the heck is wrong with you and eventually you figured out the serves. And anyways, that that's ended up being my answer, but I worked with Judy for a long time. And while I got gut healing while working with Judy, we were both like, what else is wrong? Enough. You know? Right. right.
0: <laughs> yeah. And that's yeah. exactly why I shifted my perspective too. Of I used to think an all meat elimination diet, the carnivore cures elimination diet, and then going stricter, eating grass finished only, eating the purest mm-hmm. and cleanest of meats was the answer. And as people would do it long term, even for you, even doing gut supports, it wasn't moving. It, it, of course, people saw improvements, but it yes. wasn't enough to feel like I am finally regaining my health fully. And so that's when I started. It was enough of you and other clients to make me realize and challenge myself of, okay, this diet is amazing and it's amazing for everyone. And it might be the last puzzle piece for everyone or a lot of people, but it's not for everybody. And that's when I realized we need to dig deeper and find what else is it because now we obviously have the food is dialed in and it's not the food that's the issue. So then if it's not the food, if it's not the gluten, lectins, everything else, not the oxalates, then what else is it? And that's how, you know, I ran into SERS, but we'll talk about that in a second. I think there's other things you also tried. So you tried the low histamine diet um, and, and you even did a low leptin diet. If you can talk a little bit about both of those. I definitely have been waking up with the sunrise
1: and the sunset watching, you know, get up and, in- getting outside more every day. Um, which I'm not saying don't do that. I still do that today. I still it's think good. that's healthy. I think that's just good for you. Um, especially with MS, I need some sunshine in my life for sure. Um, but yeah, I did that all the biohacking. I have aura ring. Um, I followed anybody that would give me a different point of view on healing if they were carnivore for sure.
0: I tried everything. And then what about the low histamine? So did you just find certain meats or was that when you were doing the grass finished beef?
1: Yeah, the low histamine would be the, the grass finished okay. um, beef, which I actually, the low histamine, I'd say the carnivore is how I got to low histamine, where I just cut out all the vegetables because okay. that's what was giving me histamines. Okay. And then after a while, then the meat started giving me histamines too. So my body was really screaming. It was like we can't take anything. We're just trying to keep you alive right now. I swear to God.
0: And it's so interesting because I'll see people say the carnivore diet made me really sick with histamines or has triggered my MCAS and now I can't tolerate anything else. And I really think, I mean, even with your own experience that maybe you're one step closer to finding what your root causes. And that's why now yep. your body's even saying that it doesn't like certain meats. Um, one thing that SIRS does or chronic inflammatory response syndrome does is there's a marker called C4 a, and when that is triggered and high, which for a lot of people that has a SIRS diagnosis, it, that marker is high. It's a blood work and that marker triggers MCAS to then release histamine responses. And so then you'll feel it with a lot of the foods you eat. So I have just from all the things I've learned and studied with, um, the whole SIRS and shoemaker protocol MCAS and histamines is never the root cause or rarely ever the root cause. Can you speak right. to um, your experience a little bit about that?
1: My whole goal was always to dig deeper. Mm-hmm. Like this doesn't work. Check it off the list. Like we need to find the root cause. And I remember you were always talking about root cause and, and that's why I hired you. I'm like, you know what? I'm hiring Judy right now. She's going to find my root cause. Finally. And then even with us, it took a while right. to learn what the heck was going on. But yeah, it goes so much deeper. Like the sick carnivores that are looking for answers. I don't think anymore that it's in a biohack. There's no reason that your body just can't handle vegetables right. or can't handle meats and keeps getting worse and worse. I think the reason for that for me is SIRS. And that's that was my answer. And I only know that it was SERS now because I can eat whatever vegetable I want now. Right. I can eat dairy and I've never been able to eat dairy in my whole life. Like these things are happening that I'm like, oh my gosh, this is actually my problem. Finally, like I have some control and I'm actually healing, not healing just for a little
0: bit and then getting worse. And then are you, and in I'm doubt- not even done with my SERS protocol, so <laughs> And then are you eating the whole rainbow of meats now? Are, are you able to just oh, eat Oh, yeah.
1: I'm okay. eating whatever I want. And I mean, whatever I want. I had a sweet potato yesterday. I've tried all the vegetables just because you know me. I'm like, you know, today's the day I'm going to be able to eat everything. And so, of course, I'm testing it all the time and
0: nothing is is giving me reactions. That's amazing. So do, do you stick to grass finished only or are you able to eat? No, the- no, no, no. all Costco is my favorite. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's my, it tastes so good and fatty. Like right. it definitely tastes better. Um, now, just because I want to be a better human. I do have a whole cow in my freezer. That's grass fed, grass finished, local farmer, all of that. Um, And it tastes, and it tastes great. So I do both. But you can
0: tolerate all the oh, conventional. Oh, I can eat whatever right. I
1: want now. I, I had a Costco steak that was in the freezer yesterday.
0: And then you, um, I know you did a stint at low oxalates, um, you know, or at least following the protocol because maybe you are oxalate dumping. Can you speak to that a little bit? Um, in the beginning, for sure. When I
1: went stripped carnivore in the, in the beginning and I was just doing, you know, ribeyes. I started, I was on all the forums and everything that would happen to me, there, everybody, everybody's answer was always, oh, that's oxalate dumping. And so in the beginning, that makes sense. Um, Because I did see some things that probably were a little bit of oxalate dumping. But after your carnivore for a really long time, I'm like, I don't think that's oxalate dumping. I think I'm sicker and I just haven't found my root cause.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of similarities to oxalate dumping and SIRS. And I think that after a certain point, if you're not getting better with a low oxalate diet, I do believe that people should consider SIRS because there's so much overlap and yeah. I just, and it's all related to mitochondrial health and immune function and serves is the same thing because at the core of it, your immune system is inflamed because there's these biotoxins in your body that you it cannot get rid of in the end. It affects your brain function and it affects your mitochondria. And that's why most people that have chronic inflammatory response syndrome, one of the main symptoms is chronic fatigue. And, and so there's a lot of overlap. And so. I do think there are some people that suffer from oxalate dumping. I've seen it when I was eating high spinach. I see it in my urine. Um, I do also think that there may be people that are going down the oxalate rabbit hole that is not suffering from oxalates and that it's actually chronic inflammatory response syndrome. I think there's a lot of those people, especially if you've been carnivore for a long time and the needle is not moving by adding calcium, by um, all doing all the other things in the low oxalate protocol that, um, that I can't remember off the top of my head.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. And for some, maybe that's your answer, but for long-term carnivores, I mean, you're still not healing and getting worse because histamines are getting worse. I think that's probably not your problem.
0: And then what about, um, hormones? So I know, you know, obviously with SIRS, we got to do a little bit of DHEA, but maybe you could talk about your experience with DHEA and then progesterone, estrogen, if you've ever supplemented with any of those exogenous hormones. Oh, sure. I
1: have always thought my hormones are really screwed up. I never felt normal. Um, I've tried to take hormones, so DHEA, which made me feel super crazy. My poor husband made me feel like stabbing him half the time. It's only now, actually, that I can take DHEA, and my body's tolerating it. But until I dealt with the SERS, hormones, forget it. I've tried progesterone, also made me feel super crazy. I think just progesterone and DHEA were the main things because my testosterone has always been almost nothing. Okay.
0: Yeah. yeah. I was just about to bring up testosterone. So for a lot of people with chronic inflammatory response syndrome, one of the things it affects adversely is the androgen hormones, which is basically your testosterone. So there's a lot of people that when they will tell me, oh, I have really low T as a female. And so their provider will put them on DHEA or some other types of sexual hormones in order to try to raise that T. And then eventually they got on high T or T, um, medications, but oftentimes the low T it's just like, why is it low again? And, um, you know, we have a mutual person that we know that had low T, and then they eventually tested for SERS and they had SERS. And now I think things are getting a little bit more regulated. But again, it goes back to if you have low hormones and your diet is good and you've done all the biohacks and everything and if it's still low and you know you're not under eating, you know you're not really eating bad for most of the days, then why is it low as and you're sleeping decently? And that's where I think when people start going, well, our modern lifestyle is just too hard for us, so now I need to supplement. I don't think that's the answer. I think it's there's always something underlying. I mean, my sleep is wonky in the sense that some days I sleep really early and some days I sleep really late, but my hormones are generally balanced as much as that's the modern lifestyle is not ideal for the way I'm sleeping, but it's not enough for me to not my hormones to be all taint. So therefore I don't think I have a root cause issue. Whereas we have a lot of clients where their hormones aren't balanced, but they've been carnivore for years and they're eating sufficiently. So then it's at that point, it's just, we need to find something more deeper to figure out what is going on rather than, okay, well, I can't raise it so I'm, now I need to get on medication because that's normally the answer. For sure. And then even if you do go on the medications, you're going to feel crazy just like I did
1: <laughs> because your body doesn't want that. It's like, no, maybe it's low for a reason. I don't know what's going on inside my body. It's just crazy right now. So, um, you know, when, when I was working with you back in the beginning, and I think it was like a year in and you said, you know, you need to test for SIRS. I think that you probably have it. I thought you were crazy. I know. <laughs> so I <laughs> wanted to. I wanted to tell people the honest truth with SIRS because I thought it was crazy when you used to tell me, and I put it off probably for four months right. when you kept telling me it's not another thing, Kelly. It's probably SIRS. Just go get tested. I was like, oh, I got to, you know, another blood test is going to cost so much money. And this whole Surf thing sounds cuckoo. I was like, oh, okay. A building's making me sick. Sure. Sure. <laughs> you know, it sounds so crazy, but it was absolutely what was freaking wrong with me. <laughs> and then I ended up being, you know, have multi-susceptibility. So, and I feel it now when I go into certain
0: buildings, I can literally feel it make, making me sick. Yeah. And I think long ago, before we had any type of testing, you are probably the person in the tribe or the community that would say we can't go there. I feel sick, and <laughs> so you—you you are that healer in the community that could protect everyone else that wouldn't know that there was like imminent illness from either the water-damaged building or like the whatever that they lived in or experienced. And I think it makes sense, and I get it. I mean, there are so many people that come to us that want to do, okay, my macros aren't working and I'm not sleeping well. Um, My hormones are messed up and I just need some macro healing or gut healing. And then, um, and then I'll be on my way. And then when we look at their case and we, we can see the trends now, um, even with the very little information, sometimes people will share with us. And when we tell them that we think they may have SIRS or chronic inflammatory response syndrome, there are some people that don't want to hear it. And it's, it's unfortunate. It's hard to
1: hear. It's hard to hear. But I mean, I'm thinking back with carnivores that I know were also very sick. And it's so funny looking back now, I'm like, oh my gosh, you probably
0: have serves. Before we get into like a fuller deep dive into SIRS, let's talk about any other biohacks. So let, let me just look really quickly. So you, you used to do like low fat, high protein. So you did some of that protein sparing modified fast. You did the 48 hour fast. You've did like yep. the fruit and honey. You've even tried more of the exercise for biohacks. You did the sunrise sauna, um, you know, going to sleep early following that circadian rhythm. Uh, yeah. I mean, I know you eat breakfast and it your your body feels good, but that was another biohack at the time. But And all of that is really good. And so, and as you said, you also did the aura ring. You try to protect yourself from EMFs. The whole point is that all of that just didn't move the needle enough for you.
1: Yes, for sure. Um, I even fasted. I fasted a lot. I mean, at one time I was fasting for 48 hours, two days a week, every week. Um, and while I would get skinnier, I looked sicker. Sure. I looked a lot sicker. And um still wasn't losing weight like I should have if I wasn't eating, <laughs> you know? Right. Like it didn't
0: make sense. Did you so ever I- feel like it, you were wrong like or that maybe you're eating uh, in, in the communities? Did anyone ever say, "Well, maybe you're overeating or maybe something's wrong with you that you're not doing it right?"
1: Well, I always felt like People were looking at me like, oh, well, you're probably not doing the diet behind closed doors. You're probably, you know, eating cake, you know, and Twinkies behind the scenes. That's why it's really not working. I always felt like that. Mm-hmm. I like nobody ever said that to sure. me, but there was always, uh, it, because my body didn't make sense. So of course I would think that too. I'd be like, well, you're probably not truly being a carnivore right now, or you're probably doing this or that, um, which wasn't my case. So that's why it was so frustrating. And that's why even I used to tell Judy, I'm like, I swear to God, I'm a really good patient. I'm doing everything you said.
0: (laughs) And I know that one of the biggest things is, so let's just talk about chronic inflammatory response syndrome for people that don't know what this illness is. I've talked about it a bunch of times. I've had Dr. Shoemaker on, I've had Dr. Dorniger on, and um, depending on when this releases, Dr. Peg was also on my channel. Basically, it's when there is a subset of the population that cannot remove certain biotoxins, including mold, uh, from the body. So it's about 25% of the population at whole. And I know there are people outside of the U.S. because we get contacted all the time. So within that population, if you think about the carnivore community, there are people that try to biohack. And so they're like, I want to live forever. And so I'm going to try the carnivore diet. Maybe people that like Joe Rogan will bring in and usher people like that. That's not the community we're talking about. Essentially, the people that come to carnivore because they are struggling with an autoimmune, they are really sick, standard care has not done right for them. And so they're just desperate enough to try food for healing because they've tried AIP, they've tried keto, they've done everything and it hasn't moved the needle enough. And so they landed in carnivore. I really believe that the percentage of SIRS people in that community is way greater than the 25%. I think uh, one I spoke with one SIRS, medical provider. And he said to me, the fact that the carnivore community has to look for answers and even try to biohack with food, it's likely there's a deeper set root cause issue. And so you find a little bit of healing with food for a while. And obviously everyone needs to get off processed foods and packaged foods and seed oils and et cetera. But if you're eating mostly meat or even some vegetables and you're not fully better, then it's not just that the diet's not perfect enough. And that's something that was very eye opening for me for this whole SERS protocol is actually there's just something more underlying that's the issue. And I know that when I started sharing this, it's difficult because the tests, I mean, a lot of the markers, even for me, it's like a hundred something dollars just for one marker to test. Mm-hmm. So then when you sell it as a package, it looks like, yes, I'm making a lot of money, but I'm really not with the markers. It goes to lab course. So thank them. But, um, it's, it's very expensive. And I know for you, that was one of the big hindrances because it seemed like a crazy illness and then it was very expensive. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: For sure. I've, you know, with my finances, um, Judy's like, well, the tests will probably cost about a thousand dollars. I was just like a thousand dollars. Like that is a lot of money. Like, I don't think I can afford that. And then I was thinking in my head, well, you know, what if I don't have it? And it's like, what is this? A 50-50 shot, you know? And I'm going to throw away $1,000. My husband had to come to me and say, has Judy been wrong at all this time? And I was like, no. And he's like, well, get tested. I'll give you the money. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so my husband had to like convince me. And then of course, tests come back.
0: And you were like, well, yeah, you have a serious. <laughs> So then what does what the journey look like? So can you tell me a little bit about um, if you can remember some of the symptoms? So I know for sure we always struggled with some days you would be able to tolerate certain meats and then maybe you try to add back berries and then you would react. And so if you went to a yeah. restaurant, you would have a reaction, a histamine response. And so we'd kind of have to step back and dial in your dial a, a little bit more. So what has happened since starting the SIRS protocol and maybe some of the changes that you've experienced
1: Since starting um, the service protocol, at first when we started, it seemed like this is going to be a really long process because I think you said, well, it will probably be about a year until you fully heal. But after I had the blood work and proof that I actually had, it, I was like, okay, I could do a year. I've been sick for so long. Let's do it. So um, I started on the medicine. I think it was about a month and a half into the protocol. That I started to see little changes. So, um, I started to see circulation in my hands and feet, which I've never had. They're always freezing. Um, now they're they're not freezing anymore, which is uh, a good sign. Um, I started to be able to walk around the block with my dogs again without, you know, being so unbelievably tired that that sounded like a marathon to me. I stopped waking up at
0: night and going pee, getting better sleeps, better deep sleep. Oh yeah. Share about your deep sleep. The numbers. I remember a long time ago from your aura ring, your deep sleep wasn't so great. And now it's pretty remarkable. So my deep sleep has gone from like half
1: hour, 45 minutes to most nights, two hours and some even three. Like oh, it's, wow. I, that's my, that's the best that I've gotten. I think I've gotten that like five times now, but <laughs> that's like my best numbers. So I'm pretty proud. Yeah. So sleep has gotten way better. Um, One weird thing I had that I didn't know was a symptom was these terrible thoughts in my head that I couldn't shut off. I couldn't shut them off at night. And it was like this vicious cycle that affected everything. Um, And you kind of feel like you're going a little bit crazy that though, when i have some mold exposure, I feel coming back a little bit, but it's mostly gone, which was a huge symptom for me and things like little problems in life that people would think were nothing were huge to me. And I would just totally stress over them and, Oh, what am I do about this? And I don't feel like that anymore. And that's, that's a big thing. It is like for depression, for just enjoying your everyday life. And I would have this really stupid thing for my whole life. I have been terrified of moths for (laughs) so dumb, Judy. (laughs) I mean, I look back on it, but it was real. I felt like they were gonna kill me or something. like I once I slept in my car because there was a moth in my house, that's how wow. bad it was. Like I, insane, insane. <laughs> so I had things like that.
0: So my brain was was suffering, obviously. And I remember, um, you mentioned that you could never sweat on your own before.
1: Oh, no, I've never been able to sweat until now. That's another thing that I knew. Hey, I'm sweating on my own now, like a regular person. And your skin. Yes, for sure. And um, I'm able to tolerate heat, which I could not tolerate at all. I used to think it was an MS problem, but it wasn't. It was SIRS. <laughs> now I'm now I'm wondering, like, how many problems have I had in the past that weren't what I thought they were?
0: Right. One of the things about SIRS is that a lot of autoimmune illness actually... The underlying reason may be SIRS. So obviously gut function has so much to do with autoimmune illness. You have foods and other toxins that come into your bloodstream and then your body tags it incorrectly and then it causes a lot of that autoimmune illness. Although it's not in the peer-reviewed research and literature, from my understanding from the SIRS providers, they believe that 98% of autoimmune illness actually is SIRS and that- um, Right, it's very high. And then for hypothyroid, it's fifty-fifty, unless you have Hashimoto's, then it's the 98%. So I think if you are a carnivore and you struggle with an autoimmune and there's people in your family that struggle with autoimmune and you have been doing a relatively clean carnivore diet, it doesn't need to be picture perfect, doesn't need to have all the seasonings removed, it doesn't need to require all the coffee gone or the sweeteners gone. I think it's as long as you're pretty consistent with your diet, meaning there's not a lot of gluten and things like that and you have an autoimmune and you're not fully getting better, I think that SIRS is an option.
1: Now, was there, um, could people do a cheaper test um, just to see if they have it first? And then if you do have it, then get all the other tests? Like, is that possible?
0: Yeah, so we sell a mini version. The problem is that, well, I guess if you work with the medical provider, then they will give you the full gamut of tests. But sometimes what we found is since the medical tests or the mini tests only test for a certain amount of markers you have to have four of the markers be positive for you to be officially diagnosed as sirs. So the risk oh. is with less markers there's a risk of well maybe you have three now but now do you have it like do you have to do more testing but if you have three and you failed the vision test and we should talk about the vision test you most likely have it so that's where and I just think well, this is what I'll say of all the people that I've ever tested and obviously this test is so expensive. But every single person that has tested is positive. There is not a single person. And I know that then makes you wonder, well, then is everyone positive? And we've tested people in my family that are not positive. So um, and and other people in our clientele that they tested their significant other and they don't also have it. So well, it makes sense because people that come to you are sick. Like they're looking for answers, right? And and probably carnivore,
1: which means you've made some pretty big decisions about right. finding out wrong with you so they're sick. Yeah.
0: so let's talk about the vision test so one thing that also made you hesitate about SIRS was that you said you didn't fall into the symptom clusters which is one of the indicators is, is that this illness is a multi system multi symptom meaning that many organs or functions will get affected and you'll have multiple types of symptoms. So fatigue, chronic joint pain, uh, brain fog, memory word, and peeing through the night. But then there's so many different kinds. And then there's a lot of people that will say, well, carnivore fixed a lot of that for me. So now I no longer suffer. Or like you said, it doesn't fit you perfectly. And so then it makes you doubt, well, then maybe this isn't me. Yeah. In the beginning, when
1: I looked at the symptom cluster things, I had already been carnivore for years. So half of those things didn't make sense for me anymore, because I guess I'd already taken care of those things where if I was on standard American diet, I would have failed all of it. Right. So that's the difference (laughs) for those. And the vision test sounded so crazy (laughs) to me in the beginning. And it still sounds a little crazy, um, but it totally works for me. And my, I think my first score was unbelievably horrible. I thought the whole test was tricking me the whole time because it just looked blank. Oh, okay. Which is why I failed so miserably in the beginning. But that's how many biotoxins I had in my in my body and it was affecting my vision. Yeah,
0: so just for the people that don't know what the vision test is, that's a, probably the first step that I we our team really recommends for everyone is, if you think you're suffering from SIRS, the first test you can take is the vision test. Now there is a chance that you can pass the test and still have SIRS. There are people in our community that have, pass the test, and then they got tested later, and they had So, But majority of people, if they have SERS, will not pass, and then they'll fall into the symptom clusters. The vision test is like $15. So you could do it from the comfort of your home. And what's happening is, since your brain is very inflamed with the biotoxins, it will start using less of the capabilities. And so one of the things that it will start diminishing is the ability to see contrast in colors. So it's very slight amounts of colors, and it's the, the test basically is you click a button if you think you saw the lines. And if you don't see anything, you don't click anything. And what our brain tries to do is it allows us to survive another day. So even if we don't see these slight contrasts you can still see pretty well. And so for us, we don't see that vision difference. But on this test, um, it's shown that whenever people aren't able to see this vision, the visual acuity, there's an indication that there's something going on with the brain.
1: Yeah. So that vision test was how I originally started before we did the blood test. I know. And you kept telling me, yeah, you failed that. You failed it. You failed it. But my brain fog was so severe in the beginning. I didn't understand half of what you said, really. (laughs) I was just like, oh, okay. (laughs) You know, I'll get it eventually. I
0: don't know. So what do you recommend for people? Because that that is a very common thing. Um, I purposely make the results very comprehensive. And I know that's like a struggle. So if you struggle with brain fog, how do you handle the comprehension, but or the level of, I guess, detail, but I also try to do that to save on the cost of doing a session with me so that you have all the information. If maybe your partner or somebody can explain what it's saying, if you read it, and then all the links for additional support, then you don't have to use the money to do a session with me because I know there's future costs coming up. And that's why I do it. But. In your shoes, when this already sounds overwhelming of, oh my gosh, can my house be affecting me? Wait, I have been exposed to mold in my past. I have been exposed to Lyme. I have been exposed to Epstein-Barr virus or a recluse spider bite or a tick bite. And now I have to worry about my home. It's actually possibly making me sick. Um, I have a basement, all of these things. And that gets really overwhelming to even think, how am I going to tell my husband or my loved one about this? So how you know for somebody that was you back then how do you yeah. have people understand you and then we'll start was, with that
1: sure it was in the beginning it sounded like a nightmare for me
0: because i couldn't comprehend
1: all of the things that i might have to do and understand and where do i start what do i do and how do i tell my husband um you know who in the beginning thought i was crazy too <laughs> like it was like i really need your support like mold is probably killing me and here's what I need to do. So I would literally print out all of your instructions Mm. and have him help me with it and do just one thing at a time, because that's all you can do. And it gets easier. I promise it gets easier. As you go along, you learn the shoemaker protocol, you do this step, cross it off and you do the next one. That's all you can do is take it one step at a time. And I know it's for me, it was too telling my husband that we need to remediate the kitchen. Because I saw mold in there, and I can't heal if there's mold in the house. That was was terrible for me. And um, luckily enough, he could do it himself. But if I didn't have that, and someone's like, "Oh, hey, you got to spend ten thousand dollars to do this," I don't know what I would do. Like that's mm-hmm. scary. Looking back now, it doesn't seem as scary, but it was at the time because it's a lot. But I promise you. If you dive into this and do all the things you're supposed to do, your life will get so much better. It will get so much better and you will finally heal and your body just won't freak out all the time. It's going to be normal.
0: <laughs> yeah, it it is overwhelming to think that, okay, so not only is it that I need to take some types of medication and their prescription medications that will help me get better, but I have to also now protect the environment that I'm ever exposed to. And that just seems like yeah. a very daunting thing, but we've seen people improve with not the most perfect score. Now you do need to remediate if there's mold in the home. Um, eventually, it can get people that don't even have SIRSIC. There's enough yeah. evidence that shows that. The one reason we use the shoemaker protocol, it's especially with mold, is because it's the only peer-reviewed, evidence-based research that has you know papers written and studies done on it. There's no other mold research that does that. There's a lot of people that sell binders. And I mean, I even sell the cell core products and they can help in, I guess there's certain situations, but I don't believe the cell core products alone can fix you, especially if you have the biotoxin and you don't have the right charge to help pull the the toxins from your body. You will feel a little bit better because it might pull like heavy metals and other things, and it'll help you detox and it's going to have you look at light and all of these things but I don't think it'll move the needle enough. So you'll feel better for a while. And then you'll have to find another protocol to help you get back to that level of healing. And so it's always, like I told you, Kelly, it's, I hate sharing this information with my clients because I feel like I'm the bearer of bad news, but I also want you guys to heal. And for the long-term that you can get your life back and not have to worry about, well, now, what do I do? Because now carnivore is not working or now this supplement that I was taking is not working. And now I'm back to having histamines and now I have to go back to eating just grass finished. And, mm-hmm. and it's starting at square one when it takes like these super small baby steps. But now that we know that serves is one, and there's other things that could also be lime as a separate thing, for example, or heavy metals. But once we find the root cause, you don't have to be as meticulous with healing. And that's the big reason I wanted you on because- you did all the biohacks like every single yep. biohack you could think of. You've done all the diets, you've worked with all the people and yep. you've been carnivore for 5 years and it, none of it was enough, including my gut support protocol. It wasn't enough. Yep. And so for once sure. you found Sirs, I feel that your life has changed a lot, so much
1: and that's why I wanted to come on today. And you know, normally I never do a podcast. <laughs> I don't know. I get nervous and I don't know. I'm just regular gal over here. Um, but I've seen so many changes that I want you to not waste your time. I want you to not do what I did. I want you to not carnivore harder. I want you to get to root cause. And uh I'm just want to tell you how to do it. It's so much deeper than just diet. Right. Like you will, would do so well with the shoemaker protocol if you just get that test and start just start on your journey, get the blood test. If you're positive work with Judy and do the Shoemaker protocol
0: and um, heal yourself. And then, and people don't even have to work with me. Like this is not a sales pitch by the way. Like it genuinely, Yeah, no,
1: I'm not making any money. And I know Judy is amazing with that stuff. And she's always like, Oh, I don't want to take your money. I mean, she's, she's just like that. And it's like, lady, you saved my life. (laughs) I know you put in the rip anybody off. Like, thank you. Yeah. So and in fact, you actually move people on to other doctors. And you, so right. you don't take their right. money. So she
0: will do what's best for you. Yeah, because I mean, although I'm certified under Shoemaker, I can't prescribe the medication. So I will have to have you move on to a different provider. But I can give you the second opinion I can give you because I've seen so many people go through the protocol with different providers. And I'm like, Oh, well, that's weird that yeah. that providers making you do that. Because here's my experience. And then same thing with the IEPs for the home remediation. So I can be that secondary advocate. And I also know all these providers, since we're part of the same community being certified under Shoemaker, and I could be a sense of resources, but you don't have to go through me. That's the whole thing. But I do highly recommend going through people that are certified under the Shoemaker protocol, because There was this one client, for example, he tested SERs with me. He was positive. And I told him, you need to go see a SERs provider. I gave him a list of people that he could use. He ended up going to a local provider that was a mold specialist. And then the doctor doctor said, as long as your home is clean, you're good. You'll be fine. And so he never went on cholestyramine or well call. And he said, I feel better. But for sure, you'll feel better because you have no more biotoxins coming in. So absolutely, you're going to feel better. But, but you can't so, get them. out. <laughs> right. Right. So then I told him, okay, so I still recommend that you work with the shoemaker, pr- a doctor, but if you feel better, I will totally honor that. But if you ever have an issue, let me know. Three months later, he emailed me and asked, can I do some blood work? And I have no idea the context. Word. And I said, sure. And when he wrote back to me, his C4A was skyrocketed, meaning oh, that he's no, in new exposure. Right. And he never again, ever took a binder. So it's wow. just, and that's where I'm saying he was so close. The provider was not the person to do the protocol. And then right. he has never done the proper shoemaker protocol. And I really hope he's gone and done it because moving was not enough. It was not enough.
1: For sure. And I really credit most of my healing with the shoemaker protocol because most of the healing was the medications.
0: Right. Then the I safe environment. And-
1: sauna getting out the toxins all of that and also when i started let me just say this i asked judy she's like well i'll recommend the providers and i was like um that sounds really expensive i don't think i can afford these shoemaker protocol people um can i just work with you and even though you didn't give me the prescriptions i just got them on my own sure um, and also I trusted you. I had been working with you for so long. I really didn't want to go to another
0: doctor um, that I didn't trust. So I worked with Judy this whole time. Well, well, thank you for that. But um, most people that I know of my clientele, they cannot find a provider that will either give them the cholestyramine or the VIP. So you are very lucky in that sense. Totally so, get it. I just want to <laughs> make you put that out there.
1: <laughs> I'm telling you, I have like, one, two, at least three, four different people that have gotten prescriptions off to do this protocol. Okay. So yeah. So not all one doctor, you know, I go to this doctor for this, this doctor for oh, this. Oh, Right. 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 Okay. I'm just that kind of person that will, will find it somehow.
0: So now that you're have, you've been healing and you know, sort of what buildings affect you, um, how have you, So if you go into a new building, how do you, what do you do? So there's a lot of people that will say, well, I need to travel or I want to go on vacation. I don't want this to hinder my life. That is the most difficult part for me. And I know everybody with SIRS is different.
1: So what might affect one person in a building might affect me more or vice versa. So I can only tell you my experience. Um, And I personally tested every one of the buildings that I would normally go into separately to see how they affect me. And then I go home, I see how much chronic fatigue I have. I test the VCS and what are my biotoxin scores looking like? And that will tell me if that building I'm going to feel sick in or not. And most of the buildings make me feel sick. I've learned over this last nine months that when I'm in a building that makes me feel sick, it takes me three days to start to feel better again. Mm -hmm. And that's using the binder, sauna, um, all the things. So it takes them about three days to start to feel normal again. And then some, um, I'm okay. So you just have to test them. For me, I have to test them. I started using masks, which definitely helped me. Um, if I know this building affects me, like, oh, I'm going to go to Walmart, but I know that definitely affects me. I'll put the mask on and I'll be okay. As long as there's a good seal. Sure. Um, so I learned little tricks and, and stuff like that, but I, I have a much easier life than most people that have to work in different buildings. Like I don't have that problem. Thank God. So that, that would really suck.
0: Yeah. So the recommendation I give when it comes to work buildings, I mean, school buildings are a little bit trickier and school buildings are just as bad with mold often because they've obviously had a leak sometime in their history and their buildings are normally old, but when it comes to office buildings, you can always, See if there's a part of the building that's cleaner because you can always contain an area and make it a little less moldy than maybe the general area. Now, if you work in a cubicle, for example, you may just have to buy an air filter and see that most of the air that you're breathing in is purified through that air filter. I have one in the back, but I don't think you could see it. But I mean, there are little things you could do. But yes, long term, if you cannot heal in that office building you're working in, I know this is the hard pill to swallow, but there are people that have to change their job because i mean it's it's your health yeah. that's getting impacted so at a certain point that that decision does need to get made and i know it's tough
1: that's the hardest part um especially thinking if it's your house that's making you sick it's like oh okay move oh what like where am i going to go <laughs> like and how do i know that building doesn't have mold in it like going down these rabbit holes can seem very overwhelming but just start it at day 1 because As your brain starts to heal and your body starts to heal, you start looking at things differently and things, your life seems more doable, right? Even with this, even if you have to travel, even because now I have um, tools in my back pocket. Okay. So I um, went into a building and I was really affected. Um, I can't get off the couch, super chronic fatigue, feel terrible. I'm going to go get my cholestyramine and get in the sauna. I'm going to get those toxins out and I'm going to feel better. Right. So now I have the tools and now I know how it feels also to be in in a really bad building because really for me, the worst building I went into three minutes after I walked in, I felt like somebody literally
0: sucked all of the energy out of me. And I was a zombie. And they say that as you get closer to the... Well, the Shoemaker Protocol says that as you graduate from the protocol and you're on VIP and you're not even on VIP yet, you're like right there, but you're not there yet. So that medication is supposed to help some of the master hormones that have declined through this whole, I guess, these little fires that we have in the body because the immune system is trying to release some of the biotoxins, but it's not able to. And so when you take the VIP and you removed all the biotoxins coming out, so one, you're like clearing up all the biotoxins that are inside the body through the binder. So now you have no more, you have less coming in. And then now you're trying to modulate all the different markers that are imbalanced, like the TGF beta, C4A, MSH. I know these are all alphabet letters, but essentially you're trying to take out all these little fires that have been going on in your immune system for the longest time. And that's what every single step of the shoemaker protocol then does. And then when you're ready for the VIP, so now it's just helping that like overall fatigue kind of just elevate up and you're improving. What you're really doing is you're telling the immune system, Hey, you no longer have to be in attack mode. You can go back to being in surveillance mode. So where you can just be kind of cruising and protecting the body rather than I'm in this fight mode. And that's what essentially VIP is supposed to do. But when you're at the right time to do it, so all those fires have to be gone. Most of the biotoxins aren't coming in. And then when you get there, Even if let's say you went into Walmart and your body again, because it's pretty clean now, yes, if you feel that you've been affected, take the cholestyramine for a few days and then you move on with your life. Even if you get impacted by a little bit of mold, Remember, there's that bucket that your body's going to tolerate some before it starts showing illness. So once the body immune system is modulated and you're back at surveillance mode, you probably can tolerate a little bit more than you're even tolerating now. And so that's the whole beauty of the full Shoemaker protocol. I'm so excited to get to be (laughs) at the,
1: So excited. Um, Also, one thing I wanted to say is I've seen people with SIRS that aren't carnivore and they have a much harder
0: time, much harder time. Um, so carnivore is pretty important. Right, and that's the paper I'm trying to write right now with some of the SERS provider As is uh, we see a difference in some of the inflammatory markers with carnivore versus people that are doing a diet. And one of the biggest diets that Dr. Shoemaker recommends is a low amylose diet, which is a low sugar diet. So when you have SIRS and you're adding sugar in your diet, it doesn't matter if it's really like even high fruits or honey, it causes more inflammation in the body. And then it just causes some of these other inflammatory markers. It basically ignites them to do even bigger fires in the system. So that's where I think carnivore really helps people with SIRS, but Long-term, it could cause it to be just a Band-Aid and not finding root cause. But eventually, I think that people that have SERS that do carnivore long-term, their health starts to plateau. And so they don't feel as good. And that's when I yeah. think you may want to consider it. But you're exactly right. One thing I really want to touch upon before you know we wrap up is mindset has always been huge for you. So it's you've always had this positive mindset. Can you share a little bit about that? And even share just from your experience with SERS carnivore people, the difference of The people that are super overwhelmed and now, you know, almost debilitated from this illness versus people that are like, this is it. I'm going to get better. I finally found my answers. Yeah, I actually, I see this all the time. So
1: you're starting carnivore, you're starting SERS and no matter what diet I've ever done, I've always gone into it knowing it was the answer. I never once had doubt in my mind because I knew if I have doubt in my mind, it might not work. So having that mindset of this is it, like, this is your answer, we're going to heal is so important. And a lot of people have a really tough time with that. And that's something that I I have to work with all the time. It's not just like I was born, you know, just being positive. It's like, you have to really work on it and um, know that it's actually going to help your health. I see it. I see a lot of times with SERS because it's so overwhelming. A lot of people don't really believe that it's going to work. And then, man, your healing is going to take a lot longer.
0: So what would you recommend for people? Do you try to learn the protocol yourself? I mean, what do you do to help support your body so that it's in a place of healing rather than a place of, uh, you know, the, the stress state where then you, your immune function is lowered and your digestion is lower. That's
1: something you got to work on daily. And I think it's going to be different for everybody. But as soon as those negative thoughts would come into my head, I just kick them out. And I'm like, nope, that's just white noise. Get it out. Get it out. You're going to heal. You're doing great. Look at all the good things you've done and make a list for yourself of everything you've healed, no matter how little it is. And those little things are going to turn into huge things in the end and keep that positive attitude. And also um, joining a SURS group also helped me um, for support and people that are dealing with the same things I was because man, I had a million questions and you just feel really alone. If you don't have other people, they're like, Oh yeah, no, I went through that. You're going to be fine. This is what's going to happen. This is what happened to me. This is how
0: I did it really, really helps. I know for you also, it's not like you just are, you just practiced on your own to be positive. You've also done therapy. You've done the hard work. You've done a lot of work on your mindset to make sure that your limbic system's in good place and that you can see the world positively. And I know you mentioned to me that when you have SIRS, it you have such brain fog that it's really hard to understand, uh, comprehend things. And then it becomes, a lot of things become really overwhelming.
1: For sure. And one thing I'll say is I love getting therapy. I've done therapy for years, which has helped me so much. With just your life in general and talking to someone, getting through your traumas, working through it. I'm a huge proponent of go get therapy. Um, I think everybody needs, I don't know anybody that doesn't need therapy, right? (laughs) For sure. That will definitely help you with your mindset. A couple of the big things with SIRS is, number one, get tested. That's the first thing, for sure. Number two, the biggest things would be try and get out of mold. Um, You can heal only to a certain point if you don't get out of the mold. Um, And just start, just start your journey. Find out if you have it. Yeah, because I know for you, it's changed your life. Yeah. It was a total game changer. I feel like by the end of this, I'm going to be a different person. And that sounds so so weird, but I'm going to be the person that I always knew I should have been, and um, which for me is like just a normal person, <laughs> but I've never been able to be normal. Yeah. You can heal. This journey has been amazing for me and I'm not even done yet. So maybe I'll come back on when I'm done just to tell you what happened.
0: I know you mentioned that a few of the symptoms may have been related to SIRS, but do you think that there's a chance that your MS can go into remission with SIRS? You know what? I've always thought that because now that I look back um, when I needed a
1: cane, I thought that's for sure MS or like, you know, oh, my leg would hurt or something. I'd be like, oh, that's MS. Um, Now that I know the symptoms of SIRS and where I was when these things happened, which was in terrible mold, terrible, terrible mold. And I remember smelling it at this really old house. And that's when I had a hard time walking. I don't think that was MS and, you know, I didn't get new lesions. So I really don't think it was, I think that was SIRS Cross my fingers. Okay. Who knows what's going to happen?
0: Yeah. We'll have to definitely have you back and then um, just let us know what's going on. Well, thank you so much for sharing your journey. I know it's not something that you (laughs) naturally do, but I think it was such an important share. I think that there's a lot of information in Carnivore that sometimes says, you have to carnivore harder or it's, you're the, you're the reason you're not healing. You're not perfect enough. You're not good enough. And it's honestly, sometimes maybe it's just something deeper and you just didn't know about it. And I think your story is so incredible. And I think we just started talking about it because of what happened with Christina Applegate. So I just, yeah. Yes. A, yeah. I know. And we look at her and we're like, oh my gosh, she has serves. Right. Because she <laughs> lived in water damaged buildings and talks about it in interviews. And also she's been diagnosed with MS and I think she's had other health issues, but it's unfortunate. I hope that this illness can be just better known so that people can finally start getting to root cause healing. And then if we make a big enough stink about it, the building codes will change and we'll stop building our homes in a way that are so conducive for mold to even be spreading. That would be amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Um, I know that there's not a big place to find you, but what, I mean, if someone wanted to get in touch with you or anything, is there a place that they can reach you, or should they? No, well, I've
1: kind of gotten off
0: all the social
1: media <laughs> stuff. Good. I don't yes. know. I, maybe I'll get back on it one day, but I am in a SIRS group.
0: Okay, I'll um, put that in the show notes. Yeah, I'm in a SIRS group, so if you have any questions about SIRS, ask away, no problem. Okay. Well, thank you so much again. I think this will help so many people. It's just your story is so incredible. But the thing is, I've worked with you for so long that I know that anyone can really heal this way. But you know, you obviously I have to give credit to you that you've done the hard work, you've always been curious, you are such a hard worker and um, have the desire to heal and you truly believe you could get to root cause healing and optimal health. And I see it and uh, the way that you live your life that way, it just shows and why you're healing so quickly. So I just Again, a lot Uh, of it is you. Thanks,
1: Judy. You're the best.
0: (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining me again today. I'll talk to you soon. Bye, guys. Okay, guys. Thanks so much for joining me today. I hope that this conversation really helps you to understand that no matter how sick you are, no matter where you are in chronic illness, that you can actually find root cause healing and you can heal. I know that seems so skeptical when some people are so incredibly sick and you can only eat Certain types of meats, or do certain things, or have to do certain biohacks to even feel a little better that day. If you haven't watched my content on Spoon Theory, I highly recommend that. The thing is, I only work with people that are very sick, and these people, they have tremendous healing when they find root cause. And that is exactly why I always advocate for root cause healing. It's not a gimmick, it's not this thing that I want to share. It's that people have the right and the ability to get to healing so that they can live a normal life. And for some of us that comes so easy, we are blessed to have just a normal life where we eat just meat and we can heal. But there are some people that need more than that. And I hope that this conversation just provides you a possible lover to get there. Thank you, Kelly, for joining me. You are such a beacon of hope and I really hope you understand that and I really appreciate you. Okay, guys, you know the drill. Make sure to eat a lot of meat, take care of your bodies because it is the only place you have to live. I will talk to you later. Bye, guys.